0: Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. We're going to talk about birds and cats. We're going to talk about a follow-up to a story from back in the spring. But we begin in Chippewa Falls today and a project we've been hearing a lot about over the last year or so is now really moving forward much more tangible and uh, roughly a year from now is going to be operational and that is the market on river renovation going on in downtown chippewa falls where they're taking the old building down there the wisconsin farmers union purchased that downtown building in chippewa falls and doing a rather unique building project with it, They held a, another ceremony this week as they moved forward with it. I think it was called a brick dedication ceremony is what they had. But the most important thing, that was just an excuse to talk about it more and an excuse for people to get more excited for this project. It is a unique concept that's coming to Chippewa Falls and something that If you see it be successful there, you wonder, when is it going to happen in Eau Claire? When will it happen in Menominee? This unique concept in Chippewa Falls, it's this multi-floor building. The third and fourth floors are going to have housing. They're going to have apartments. The second floor is going to be the Wisconsin Farmers Union, which is moving into Chippewa Falls. And the first floor is going to be commercial space, but unique in that it's going to be more of an open vendor type spot. And from the drawings I've seen, from the conversations I've had, this is not going to be like a bunch of offices inside of the building. It's going to kind of be like when you go to a big fair and you have all of that booth space that's what it's going to to be like it's going to be various vendor booths a little bit more of a permanent feel to it this is not going to be the pop-up tents of a farmers market or the pop-up tents of a craft fair but it's not going to ne- it's not going to be like a mall either where you have the very permanent setups as well so this is a unique thing that I really think we're not all going to have a true feel for what it is until it opens but it's something that in theory on paper looks like it's going to be a tremendous success I'm excited to see how that first floor goes because it's not traditional commercial space And I think it is looking at something two or three steps ahead. Because when we think about things right now, when it comes to development and commercial, a lot of things changed or expediated. Change was already happened, but a lot of things were expediated with the pandemic. And that included the quote-unquote entrepreneurial spirit. Now, there are a number of businesses where people are starting up a business and they need a true storefront, if you will, if you're opening up a a bar and grill or you want to open up XYZ business that's going to have to have a storefront, absolutely. But there's also a number of people that have opened up something that is kind of in between, that, they don't necessarily need a big storefront, but they also need something in order to have a direct connection to the customer base. And that is where this comes, comes in. It's going to be a less expensive avenue for people as opposed to having to go all in on renting out a more permanent space. Now, let's put it this way. You know, you look at people going into, say, this this Wisconsin Farmers Union building and being in one of the vendor spaces, if you will. The cost is going to be much less than if they had to rent out their own building and the cost analysis is going to work out much better. Plus, here's the thing. You go and you buy or rent out a commercial space somewhere. You're paying for XYZ visibility and many times you yourself are the only draw to whatever it is here if you're inside of this marketplace there is a marketing co-op aspect that happens you're automatically in a spot that very likely is going to have traffic people are going to come for one business then maybe they'll see yours it's got the element of the mall like that it's got the element of what downtowns were used to be, and are trying to be again. So I love the concept, love the idea. We'll see if it works out. We've noted on this program the last four years the amount of visible open commercial space in, say, the city of Eau Claire. That's a little disappointing. And I know the studies keep coming out that commercial space is limited in Eau Claire and all of that, but at the same time, we have some very visible commercial space that is open haymarket square for instance uh i forget what the name of the goldridge complex is but right there off of hastings a lot of spots that have been empty for too long and maybe some thinking outside the box is not a bad idea the the days in which you still need there's still a need for businesses and companies and what have you to have a commercial space. But it's not the same as it was 10, 15 years ago. Most notably, something like insurance, most notably things like insurance companies or wealth management you know, people, you know, financial advisors and things like that. I can see them more and more really downsizing out of offices that they are in. There's a little bit of a show that goes on with places like that. I know the 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 wealth management people that I use. They've got a very lovely office in a in a lovely building in town and the office when you walk in there's got a little Keurig maker, not not that, that when you go there you're going to make your own cup of coffee, but it, it's there. It's got a big TV that it has. It's got the big high desk for the receptionist, a lot of times I've been there, though. There isn't a receptionist there. V- you know, very clean, sleek walls and recessed lighting and, and uh, wall-to-wall, high-traffic carpeting, and it just looks high-end. They're putting on a show for you. But as time goes on, and especially as people don't have to go to offices as much to get information and as much as, the sizzle isn't as important to people, you're going to see places downsize considerably if they're able to get away with it. So are you able to think of different ways to utilize what you would consider to be commercial space? So I like this idea. We'll see how it works out with the Wisconsin Farmers Union. We've seen some of the companies that are going to, or some of the people that are going to be inside of there. And part of this is also going to be the food hall concept they've, they don't want to use the term food court necessarily, like the like the malls, because there's it's not going to be as permanent, but not yeah, it's not going to be as permanent structures as the mall. But at the same time, it's gonna it's not going to be again like a, a farmer's market. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, a person brought up about three years ago. I was talking to them, and they were somebody that was tied in with Haymarket Square, and they had mentioned the idea of a food hall at Haymarket Square. And I wonder if that, I wondered, especially now that uh, Foxconn's out of the picture and all that, you look at that area, you look at that big empty space right there, right next to the Pablo Center. Imagine if you had various food options inside of there. Just imagine that. Imagine if that was a spot just to go hang out, then think of the, oh, I'm I'm already thinking what it could be. Oh, unbelievable. Speaking of the city of Eau Claire, the city of Eau Claire had uh, city council meetings earlier this week. There was nothing really contentious or, or big with that uh, that we had noted going in, but a little something popped up this week. Now, the city council approved a new 15-year agreement with the Humane Society to take care of stray animals, something that was... Reminded to all of us a a role the Humane Society plays when back a few months ago, the city's commitment to the renovation and the new building at the Humane Society magically disappeared from being previously, you know, a verbal agreement that it disappeared from the budget and then they had to fight to get it back and, you know, that's a whole other thing and that goes into our conversations with Stephanie Hurst, the city manager of the city of eau claire some of the shenanigans that goes on and we talked about that during the summer and there, there, there's some legitimacy to maybe we can't afford to give as much as we were but this isn't how you'd go about doing uh, all that regardless we, we were reminded the role the humane society plays in the area and it's not just to go on the local tv stations once in a while with animals and say come adopt these so they had to sign a new 15-year agreement or a new agreement for the stray animals. And they signed one earlier this week. The partnership, by the way, dates back all the way to 1986. The vote was 9 to 1. And you go, 9 to 1? Why wasn't it 10 0? I mean, at 9 to 1, you know, it, Josh Miller was the lone holdout. And it came out earlier this week. And the reason Josh Miller voted no was not to block the agreement in totality, but he wanted to extend a conversation that came up on Monday night. An issue came up during Monday's public hearing. One of the rare times where the public hearing has has gotten some attention recently. Steve Bechtel Bechtel spoke at Monday's public hearing and he spoke to concerns. Uh, He is a Ornithesiologist, is that the is that the right term? Ornithologist, or no, ornithological. He's a, he's a bird lover. He's a bird lover. Steve Backdill's a bird lover. Likes to do bird watching. It's a pastime of his. It's a pastime for many. Bird watching. And he spoke to concerns about barn cats and feral cats in the area harming the bird population. Cites free roaming cats being the number one reason for a declining bird population something that all of us of at least say the age 35 and up should be very familiar with sylvester was always going after tweety bird birds and cats do not get along birds go after uh, uh, cats go after birds and the cat usually wins that competition the huma- so Steve Bechtel spoke about this concern. There's all these cats in the area. They're harming the bird population. And even when I was, I, I kind of wondered, but what's he looking for the Humane Society to do? What's he looking for the city to do? What really can be done? The Humane Society came back and said there's already an ordinance in the area that prohibits cat owners from letting their cats roam free. So just like you can't just let your dog roam free in the area, you can't just let your cat roam free. But there's not, you know. But you also have feral cats. You've, uh, I'll be honest. I'm not sure what the Humane Society is to do. I'm not really sure what Steve Bechtel was looking for the Humane Society to do, or really for the city to do. Are you Are you asking just to scoop up any cat? That is seen running around like the old cartoonish dog catcher, but for cats, I guess I'm a little confused. The humane society goes and gets strays, so if they see a stray, they've got to go get it. So what else are you looking for? You're going to be hunting for these cats? Is that what you're looking for? You're going to hunt for the cats? I, I, I didn't quite understand the. And 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 if somebody is more familiar with it, please explain it more to me. Because I'm not saying Steve Bechtel's concerns aren't legitimate. It makes sense. Cats go after birds. In fact, cats go after a number of things. Cats are predatorial animals. Cats go after bunny rabbits in your area. Cats go after a number of things in your area. We've seen cats roam around our neighborhood in the south side of town. Whether they got out from a, a neighbor, uh, neighbor's house or whether they're feral, I don't know. but i'm not sure what exactly you're you're looking to 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 do. i don't know what the end game really was out of this. in the end uh, the the huma- in the end it wasn't something that the humane society seemed overly concerned about. and if the humane society isn't overly concerned about it, then it's not something i'm going to sit here and get all worked up over either, i suppose. but i think it's something we all need to think about keep in the back of our heads as I said I'm not going to sit here and say Steve Bechdel's concerns and probably their concerns of other people that are bird watchers bird lovers I'm not going to sit here and say they're not legitimate but there's a little bit of a circle of life aspect as well I guess so you got to kind of explain to me a little bit more because that's also, that's also one of those things. My, my, my wife gets worked up when she'll watch like a, like a cartoon even where one animal eats another animal. And you go, it's a circle of life. Like You could be sad that that worm got eaten by, let's put, let's put it this way. You could be sad that the hawk came down and scooped up the mouse. Or you could sit there and go, the beauty of life. All right, and something's gonna get the hawk, and then whatever gets the hawk will get will get eaten by something else, and it's the circle of of life thing to all of it. So, but yeah, that came out on Monday, and it's a it's an example of something. By the way, as I sit here and I talk about it, I don't I know what I don't know, and this is something I really don't know an awful lot about. I'm intrigued by it though. That's why I wanted to talk about it. I'm intrigued by it. That I kind of want a little bit more, and it circles us back. I think, th- and that's why Josh Miller voted against the partnership agreement. And if I was on the city council, and I think Josh Miller's like me, I'm kind of like, well, none of this really makes sense here. You know, we already have people that are going out and getting strays, so why, why aren't barn cats picked up or what? why is the humane society not concerned about that all that i guess i'm confused i guess i would vote i guess i would have voted against it as well not because i'm against the humane society but because well can somebody explain this to me just a little bit more can somebody explain this to me just a little bit more something there's a piece of this that seems to be missing Moving on, Uh, one last thing here. Follow-up to a story back in the spring, and there will be more follow-up to it. Uh, There was a a horrible crash on Claremont Ave back in the spring. I remember it was on, I think, a Friday night going into a Saturday morning. I remember Claremont Ave was was backed up. There was a crash, terrible crash. Kenneth Van Meter was speeding on Claremont Avenue, hit a car. The driver in the car died. The driver in the car died horribly, in which uh, it's very likely they survived the crash, but they did not survive the fire that engulfed their car, as as sickening as that is. Kenneth Van Meter was speeding. Turned out he was drunk. Was going like 70 miles an hour on Claremont Ave. He's going to get the book thrown at him. But it's also now come out that uh, they seized his phone. You know, you're doing the investigation, and when they got his phone, they noticed uh, child pornography, and they investigated that some more, so now Kenneth Van Meter's got child pornography charges that he's also going to be facing on this. Uh, Sometimes you wonder what is wrong with people living by some societal norms. You know, that's, that's one of those things, too. I, I'm, not question, I'm not questioning them. I think this would be a great topic for our Herrick and Hart Law Talk podcast. Uh, th- they are defense attorneys. They represent defense attorneys. I'd love to chat with them on a podcast and, and knowing Jay very open, very honest as part of the podcast h- how is it they are able to defend people that I I don't think they're representing Kenneth Van Meter but but how and I it, and, and and even those who are that did something like Kenneth Van Meter did they are owed their rights in our judicial system and rightfully so this is this is not playground justice, okay? There, there are certain steps. It can be monotonous. It can almost be frustrating and all that, but it's what allows us to get the best possible results that are fair for all sides. But I wonder how you can, how you can do it. Like when I broadcast sports and I'm paid by a team, I am a homer for that team. I want them to win. Them winning is good for me and all of that. But how do you as a defense attorney, you look at the facts, you look at all that, you know your person did it and all that, and your job in some cases, some cases your job is, hey, my, my client really is, I think they're very much innocent. How are you able to reconcile, though, those times where it's something like this where the facts are the facts and likely what the argument is going to be to try to protect him from whatever his law team is is going to be trying to find loopholes in the 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 alcohol testing you're going to be trying to find loopholes in how the investigation was you're going to be trying to minimize any potential punishment towards him so i i wonder you know for for many of us you and i we sit there and go how can you reconcile that in your head and do that i'd love to hear the uh the explanation not that it's a bad thing that's why i say this is part of life i'd love to hear that like how do you reconcile and i i bet i'd get a great answer bet i'd get a great answer that'd be a fantastic podcast you know the, the the great answer and go hey you know they, they explain like our goal is to make sure they get all of their sometimes 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 the client very much is guilty and there's nothing we can do about it we just want to make sure that they get the proper punishment not over punished that might be an answer you know there, there's a lot of things it's one of the best things about our podcast everybody and what i encourage all of you listen to all of our podcasts you will see life in a variety of ways. And you will also see that life and talk shows are not always about outrage. Speaking of which, when we come back to you on Tuesday, we will likely have movement in the Travis Hakes case. Because we are expecting on Monday to have the accusations released to the public after the FOIL requests from EAU and the leader telegram. So then all these people that've had this outrage for the last week, well now we'll see where we can direct that outrage. After we see the accusations when they come out on Monday, are we going to look and go, "Oh, no wonder the county board was trying to keep this thing a little little quiet here. This is this is very bad on Travis Hakes." Or are we going to look at the allegations and go is that it? Is there more? Like, ooh, count, 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 County Board put themselves out on this. You know, th- This doesn't look at, County Board's making a mountain out of a molehill, or are we going to look, most likely, at it somewhere in between? We'll have to wait and see. Everybody have a great weekend. Talk to you again on Tuesday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano, saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.